it began in May. And every month after that, whenever the moon was full, it happened again. And again. Nobody knew who or what was responsible. They only knew it had to be stopped. Now, from the master of mystery and suspense, Stephen King's Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet, the last glimmering hope starts friday at a theater near you consult local listings Are we rolling? We're rolling. Can you see my... Wait, we didn't play it, but we're, we're going to play it back. But... Uh, Maybe like you're record us now, make sure... Yeah. Just don't I'm check. recording. Like I said. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse <clears throat> me. Are we back are in we're... the studio? We, we are. Welcome back to Reconcinimation. I'm John Diner. I'm David Munchak. And uh, this is the show that takes a look back at our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s to see how they hold up in 2019. 2019? 2019. I thought you were... I was going to say 2018, but yeah. no. It almost sounded like you were going to say it, and I'm glad you didn't. Yeah, you sound You sound silly. Yeah. Because as of this recording, it's 2019. Yeah. As of this recording. As of this recording, yes. But you're listening to this probably in the 2070s, going through the archives yeah. of the greatest podcast on Earth. This is just echoing through space. So this is space. actually, you're hearing this on another planet. Space and time. Yeah, we recorded this hundreds of years ago. Yeah, we've been dead for thousands of years. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Except for that little project i have uh, over on the other side of the studio lot yeah you're working on this secret yeah. project mm-hmm. it's kind of like the blair ship and the thing mm. yeah mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. um, um but this is october and it's one of my favorite times of the year and david's too mm-hmm. it's horror fest here at recon cinema studios horror fest yeah <laughs> it's going on things are things are uh decorated to the nines the black cats are out yeah it's uh the witches and the ghouls are we we hire to just roam uh, just to keep the oh, the fog machines oh my god how many fog machines did we rent well 68 68 but it's also <laughs> real fog yeah i bring in the real fog mm. as well 
you've been doing a uh, low pressure, mm-hmm. high, low, low high moisture, yeah, uh, low system. pressure system coming up from the south. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know how to make fog. Yeah. You've been doing this. It's yeah. and it's windy. There's leaves falling. It's dark all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that permanent cover. Only a few street lamps around the lot mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 Halloween perfection. Yeah, horror. Horror nights are all day, all night at Reconcinimation. And I took the golf cart from my side of the studio lot mm-hmm. two miles to where your side of the studio lot is, where we record. Mm-hmm. And uh, I felt like I was r- riding the silver bullet. Yeah, did yeah. you feel like our, uh, the star of our show? Well, I felt of, of I was a little. Sca- I was a little scared. Mm-hmm. I felt uh, there maybe some. Some things present, watching, maybe following me across mm-hmm. the studio lot. So I drove the golf cart like right up onto the curb, right to the door, and I just ran inside. You don't look back. No. You can't no. look back. I felt you're... it right right on my heels. So <laughs> That's when you're a kid and you have that terrifying feeling of something behind you. Do you look back? Because I never did. I was like, get up the basement stairs, Get into my bed. Get like, don't look back. Just go. Like you, you're safe if you don't look back. <laughs> That's very true. And we're going to talk about that when we when we get into the movie here, which we, sh- we should talk about. What are we doing here today, this week? Uh, we're doing one of your favorites, for sure. Right? Isn't it always? <laughs> <laughs> uh, basically, um, but it's 1985's Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet. Silver Bullet with with big stars all over this thing. Yeah. Um, and what action, comedy, horror, uh, I'd, I'd say love? not as much comedy, but you know, maybe from the 2019 perspective, certain things definitely play a little funnier. Things seem a little comedic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there's serious issues too. Mm-hmm. Alcoholism, drugs. Is there any drugs? Uh, disabilities. Disabilities. Bullying. Mm-hmm. Bullying. Murder. But, um, but yeah, Silver Bullet. What is this movie? What is, so what's your deal with this? I love I love this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I this is another very early movie memory for me. Mm. Uh, I remember being okay. So let's rewind. We're gonna go back. Let's let's jump in the machine way back to 1985. Okay, the year came out. The year came October out October 11th. Yeah, actually, it could be is the release date. Yeah, it, it was right around when it came out. I was, little John was uh, about five years old, and I my parents re- would record wrestling shows and cartoons and uh, things on on Betamax. Uh-huh. So one of those was the WWF's Saturday Night's main event. Would watch, would rewatch those over and over, and in the commercial breaks on those. Mm-hmm was a promo, which you all just heard, for Silver Bullet. It was a teaser, mm-hmm. and it, like, there was the first horror thing I really, like, movie I really remember seeing images uh-huh. from. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and I was, like, f- scared stiff. Should be. And my, so right around, right around that time, or I guess about six months later, whenever it came out on, v- on video, mm-hmm. My parents rented it and wouldn't let me watch it. That was one of the rare times they stopped me from watching a rated R movie. <laughs> Maybe because they saw my reaction from seeing the trailer. 
Uh, John's peeing himself and can't move. And it was really specific things I remembered from the trailer. It was the you know the scene where they're in the the bog, you know, yeah. and all the, the mist uh, is all yeah, below covered. their waist, yeah. and it's just it's like different shots from that scene, mm-hmm. and like the one guy getting thrown out of it and pulled down. God, they showed was, like a version of that. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. Um, so my dad would. And he did this, you know, semi-often with movies that I either fell asleep during or couldn't watch but wanted to. Mm-hmm. I remember driving around our town, which was very similar looking to uh, Tarker's Mills. Tarker's Mill. No sidewalks, you know, very small town, mm-hmm. very uh, yeah. rural. Okay. Uh, and uh, he would kind of recant the story of these movies this being one of them. And my dad told the story very well, very, you know, hit all the, all the good points and what you needed to know. And I was just kind of like mesmerized while he was mm. telling me the story of silver bullet. Hmm. Uh, and then years later, fast forward to high school, take me there. Uh, after school, well, actually it wasn't high school. It was like eighth grade. Okay. After school, went to the library, walked through the woods. Nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> went to the library. Library. Uh, walked through the woods to get there. During There's, the daytime. Oh, you went, to the pu- you went to the public library, public not, li- the, not the school library. No, no, no. Went to the public library, okay. which was like, a, I don't know, a mile from where my school was. So you went to school. You got- and it was literally a, if you didn't drive, there was a path through the woods through the that woods. had been cut. Like people just walking that all the time. So you got done with cheerleading practice, Mm -hmm. walked to the public library. Yeah. And then... And I found the novelette that this movie was based on, Stephen King's Cycle of the Werewolf. Cycle of the Werewolf. The the original thing. This was the first thing that Stephen King's things... No. No, this was not the first thing. No, what am I talking about? No, Carrie was the first Stephen King movie. But this this was deep into it. I mean, he was already very popular as an author. Yeah. Um, but one of his earlier novels or mm-hmm. novelette, as he calls it, novelette. It's short. Uh, it's right? a short. It's a short. Hundred pages or hundred fifty. Yeah, if that. Not. It's like around a hundred. Mostly pictures. Mostly pictures. <laughs> yes. So. So you read it, and did you know that this was Silver Bullet, or did you read it and they're like, "Oh my God, this is Silver I, Bullet." I knew it was. I knew it was was related to Silver Bullet. Okay, got it. So I'm reading it, and and I'm I'm kind of like totally again totally into this novelette. Yeah, you're sweating. You're reading I'm it. Not you, paying attention you're... around me. It's gotten dark. Oh, it's shit. now like six o'clock, six thirty. I'm the still waiting. Hour. Waiting for my mom to get me, but yeah. uh, clouds had rolled in. Oh my god! Huge storm breaks out. Oh my you god! Know, pouring thunder, lightning, the whole deal. I look up, and there is nobody in this library. Oh my I, like, god! I, there is a librarian somewhere, of course. You know, they doing something. They didn't lock you in, but not visible. Yeah. And uh, the power flickers, and I'm like, Oh my god! Like, okay, this is not happening. So the never-ending story almost happened to <laughs> yeah, you while you're. reading. It was very much like that. Yeah. <laughs> while you're reading. Uh, and like then I saw, one. then my mom pulled up, I checked out the book and I just ran, booked it, r- booked to the car. Yeah. Was it raining on you? Oh, it rained on me. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. Jeez. Uh, but I always had, I, from the, when I saw this and very quickly after, uh, the TV series werewolf, which I've mentioned before came out and mm-hmm. I was very, 
very big fear of werewolves, uh, but was also kind of captivated by them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. as a, as a horror character, sure, and uh, would definitely like when it, when it was my turn to take the trash out at night, mm-hmm. wheel it down my big long driveway. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would bolt back up to the house and swear and my, my brain would tell me there is a werewolf like waiting across the street behind the guardrail just like waiting to, to pounce waiting for the kid with the trash well i lived right across the street from a valley that there's tons of creatures that go through you know deer and yeah, you hear foxes them at night. and you hear them at night you hear the tree branches breaking and yeah a kid who's kind of into horror stuff with an imagination yeah just goes wild. I would think you'd just be into it. Like, yeah, scary thing. Show me. Come. Where are you, Wolfman? <laughs> nope. <Right? laughs> running in fear all the time. So when did you actually see the film? I saw. I think I actually saw it probably right after Werewolf. Like, I saw the actual movie. So, like, so 87, 88. Okay, got it. Somewhere in there. Wow. Uh, but between the two, it, was, it rivals my fear of sharks. So... Jeez! Wow. So f- and now owls. That's a new thing. You're afraid of owls? Oh my god! Yeah, what what did owls do to you? We'll sidebar that. Oh, oh no! I haven't even heard this story. Also, air <laughs> and water. You're a very sensitive, man. <laughs> uh, wow, that's amazing. I uh, let me tell you. Let me let's go back to my yeah. origin story with Silver Bullet. Two month month ago. <laughs> <laughs> Two months ago, uh, I was hanging out with you. You were 22 years old. Yeah. No, I'm still fresh-faced. And uh, I was hanging out with you, and I think it was time for you. To, you said it was time. And you just you said nothing else. And you popped in a, a DVD. Couldn't tell if it was a DVD or a Blu-ray. You were being sketchy. I thought maybe we would watch the new Mission Impossible movie. Nope. It was Silver Bullet. And uh, all the things you had told me about it, uh, all the all the wonderful positive things, were all there. It was it was this thing, this this legendary thing that I had never really even had an awareness of. Yeah, because I don't care for horror, uh, the genre, and all that. And I force and, you to watch it. Yeah, four to seven times a year. <laughs> and it is not a scary movie. Uh, I'm sure as a kid it might be scary. Um, but, uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Thanks. Can't wait to talk more deep into it. Um, a lot of cursing in this movie. <laughs> a lot of yeah. fun cursing. Yeah. <laughs> the older sister calls him a little asshole. I love it. <laughs> this is great. It was the eighties. I loved it. I love it. You can say <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> There's a lot of child endangerment. A lot of, uh, cursing, drinking. It's good fun. Good, clean fun. That's... Yeah. It's 80s good, clean fun. <laughs> so let's talk about where this movie came from, where it was, what it was based on. Okay. Uh, it was based on a, actually a calendar by a company called Zavista. Okay. Uh, right? Zavista? Something like Zavista, that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had hired an artist named Bernie Wrightson, who's one of the like, great comic book artists mm-hmm. and uh, illustrators. Uh, to draw these images of a werewolf. It was a werewolf, like, horror-themed calendar. And they, at the same time, they hired Stephen King to write the blurbs and, you know, short kind of summary for each image. And 
King fell in love with Bernie Wrightson's images so much, he just decided to abandon the calendar and just write a a long short story, really. Right. And the book, I think, is really, I think it's really well done. I I love the book. I've yeah. read it probably five times. It's enthralling. Yeah, it's it's set up differently than the movie. Yeah, it's of course. Divided, you know, each chapter is a month. Oh. And it goes through the year, and that's the the cycle of the werewolf as it evolves, and the rules of of how, what a werewolf is, and how it operates, and what what makes it do what it does, changes over you know the course of time in the er, you know earlier movies in the forty the Universal movies in the forties and through the fifties and sixties was things were different, and the rules are kind of always changing, and and. Uh, this is the calendar or the uh, sorry the novelette is a little bit unclear you don't know the causes of it it's just you know following what happens and mm-hmm. each chapter highlights a different character in in Tarker's Mills mm-hmm. and usually ends with them being attacked and killed gotcha and uh, some of them like the big difference from the movie is that you don't even meet uh Corey Hames character oh uh, until like he's only in two chapters in the in the book. Oh, I see. Very similar, you know, similar storyline wise, but it's only uh, two chapters, and then he's mentioned in another one. But, Interesting. Yeah, because he's the hero of the movie. He he is the hero of the movie. He's um, the uh, central character. And you're saying novelette? I think that's a word. Also novella. I don't know. Is there a difference? He's always called it novelette. Is he? Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Which I don't know if that's an actual word. Novella is a is the yeah. more the common phrase. Got but it. Got it. I'm just double checking. We're not saying dumb stuff to, uh, no. to the American people. We, uh, the we world. We don't do the that. The people of the world. Not here in the red, white, and blue. <laughs> that's right. We always say the best things. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the smartest, always. Um, so, so wait, like the narr- how does the how does the 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 ch- each chapter's focus from that character's perspective? But are they narrating it? Yeah, the, it's from that character's point of view. And so, like, they narrate how they die, kind of. Yeah, basically, yeah, wow. or their last, you know, their last Moment. thoughts and moments. Wow, yeah. that's ooh. I don't know if I can read that. That's a little scary. And there's a couple, you know, there are a couple from the werewolf's point of view. Werewolf himself. So, I mean, it's, and then the, the, Stephen King was so popular by 1985. I mean, his books were, The Stand was out, It was Mm. out, everything, you know. Mm. I don't remember if The Book of Misery was out, but it was right, you know, right around that time. Mm -hmm. Carrie was obviously huge, and he's just had kind of, Success after success. Uh, so everything he was doing was getting turned into some kind of project. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Maximum Overdrive. Mm. Even that one. Even that one. Uh, uh, anyway. Anyway. So, yeah, so they're turning King's projects into, uh, or his, his books and into projects very quickly. Sure. And uh, this was one of those. 1984 is when they shot it. Um, Probably, yeah, you'd have to. And they obviously had to make more of a storyline, and I think, you know, that that's not really present in the novelette. It's just kind of one-off chapters with mm-hmm. a very loose connection between them all. Yeah, uh, they had to clearly create something that would get an audience yeah. in the theater and engaging with it, and so they made the Marty Kozlov character the the main character, mm-hmm. and 
And technically, though, wouldn't his sister, wouldn't Jane be the main character? Since she narrates it from She's the n- future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is To Kill a Mockingbird, but but uh, basically it's spiritual sequel. You, you said it. <laughs> like, and should have won as many awards and have as much respect. <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny that, yeah, Jane is older. Marty's sister, Jane, is older and sort of kicks us off like, yeah, this is what happened back then. This is this is a scary time, um, which is actually kind of works because she was like a she was a doubter, and then it's like how she kind of gets into it. Feels like you could have made her the main character. Uh, yeah, know, but uh, well, she's definitely she's involved. She's there. I, w- I would say I would say she's like the second lead of the movie. And, yeah, I agree. Yeah, even though Uncle Red, played by Gary Busey, is more of a you know name celebrity name at that point, right? He's really a side character up until towards the end. Yeah, yeah. He, he once he becomes more involved, it's it's now it's the trio. Yeah, but but, uh, but what's what's so? I think one of the really strong points of this movie is that it's it's a story about their family mm-hmm. that that's really kind of underneath everything, and it's about their Marty and Jane's relationship with each other and yeah. how that. Um, evolves and and you don't know what happens. I mean, obviously she's telling the story, so you know she survived and is alive. You, oh, good point. Um, and you don't know what happened after this movie. And you know she mentioned that, like in the last line, that you know things weren't always this way and weren't always good between the two of them, but they always would have this connection from what they go through in the movie. Yeah, she couldn't always say "I love you." Yeah, but I can say it now. Yeah. I love you, Mark. Yeah, like, is he dead in, when she's telling this story? Who knows? Is he in the hospital? How old is she? I don't know. We don't know. 50? She could be telling that story from 2045. Yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. That'd be cool. Although you know the narrator. I do? Who is it? Tova Feldsha. That's right. Right? Uh, I've met Tova. Very nice lady. Yeah. Very nice woman. Very talented. Uh, uh, big, very you're, charming. You're a big fan of her role on uh, The Walking Dead as well. She was very good in that role and other things. <laughs> That's where I understood her. But then I met her on a different project, and she was very delightful. You met her, and I... Hold on. Did you get mad? You met her, and I met Megan Follows. Oh. So there we go. When did you meet Megan Follows? Well, I worked with her on uh, on a little show called Brothers and Sisters. Oh, that thing. And as soon as I knew she was cast and she was in the building... Yes, I went down and talked to her about Silver Bullet. <laughs> was it a nice conversation? It was. It was great. She was very nice, very lovely. Yeah. You know, most people know her as Anne of Green Gables, but yeah. she'll always be Jane Coslaw to me. Fair enough. I did like her as Anne of Green Gables. And Anne of Green Gables 2. And More th- Gables. <laughs> and Anne of Green Gables 3. Aftershock. <laughs> Aftershock, yeah. The series <laughs> took a wild turn. Yeah. Two shotguns. <laughs> a vest. Anyway. Um, where were we? What were we talking about? I'll cut this out. Well, but... about the narration. and uh, We were just talking really about how who could be the main character of this thing. And oh, yeah. And their who, relationship. Who was, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's... Uh, it's yeah, because their conflict is, is, is established early. And this is the thing that sort of brings them together. And... Uh, it's it's hard being brothers and sisters, especially when one sibling is sort of seen as a you know a burden in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's that's how she saw it as a teen, where she's trying to live her life. And yeah, 
her little brother is not only a little brother as a nag, but also oh, I got to take care of him at times, you know, and like that's that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. When they're when the parents are sort of they, you know, the mom talks a good game, but you don't see a lot of the the attention from the parents. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 this is really from the kid's perspective, obviously from the narrator point of view. But uh, yeah, so it's there's a real hard conflict at that like critical moment in both of their lives. Yeah, and and they go back and you know they go back to that storyline multiple times, and mm-hmm. you can really I think a lot of people can identify with those. You know, it's easy to identify with those characters if you've had a sibling. Those, yeah. you know, those kind of things uh, happen, yeah. and the not only that, but the relationship between the mother and Uncle Red. Yeah, her brother. That scene, the scene where you, know, I think it's the first scene where you see Uncle Red, where yeah. he's playing, you know, playing cards with Marty, and then Marty has to go to bed and. And that that moment where Marty is he's riding up that um, chair that's going up the ele- the uh, stairs. Yes. And as soon as he's out of ice, because I mean, almost immediately, the mom kind of comes at him about the way he treats him and sort of you know the jokes with him, drinking, gambling, all that. And then he's and then he was he Red argued that well you see him as this crippled kid and he's got he's got more to him and he, yeah he's not just somebody to feel sorry for i mean that was his main argument yeah there. you think that he's maybe but, that moment that he knows he's about to get into it with his sister about marty i think that's why yeah. he's sad yeah i mean i could see why you're thinking that but i think it because he he doesn't treat him differently he treats like he treats him he loves him so he treats him with love like mm-hmm. at all times so it's even if he doesn't believe him or whatever he yeah. still loves that knucklehead <laughs> or all the crazy colorful things he says yeah in the movie which we, we should definitely get into some of the weird things yeah that we'll get red we'll, talks about. we'll get there um but so yeah i mean i think it's like and i think because we're trying to show like marty as this main character and i don't know i'm sure like back then too it, it's sort of like Oh, he's a kid in a wheelchair. We should feel bad for him. And mm-hmm. it's like I think it's more. This is more of an empowering kind of thing for viewers of like you know treat him treat him like hey, you treat anyone else. Yeah, and yeah. this is what a loving family member would do mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, he 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 rides around in some that, those silver bullet. Uh, there's two different versions of the silver bullet. Yeah. The nickname of his uh, motorized wheelchair. But it is a combustion engine that drives. <laughs> the what things. a great dual meaning for that title! Yeah, wait, oh. what are you talking about? Oh, wait so a minute. deep. What? Oh, I get it now. <laughs> he rides a silver bullet, and he needs a silver bullet That's to kill a werewolf. To kill that werewolf. That's what the lore says. The lore, all the different research that they did, according to Jane, the narrator. Mm-hmm. A lot of things differed, but one thing that was common: silver kills the beast. And it's true. I, I mean, I've done it. You've done it. Yeah. You've killed the beast. I didn't tell you the second half of my story growing up when the werewolf did chase me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And oh. I shot it with a silver bullet. Oh, did it turn back into a human? It did. Oh. And I'll never reveal who it was. <laughs> Have they ever found the body? No comment. Oh, my gosh. No, they didn't. It's I, I they, brought it here to the studio. It's, it's buried. I need to see that it's still dead. <laughs> it's in a glass tomb yeah. <laughs> 50 feet underground. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I do think that the, the family storyline sets this movie apart. Even though this isn't one of the most popular horror movies of the 80s, 
Uh, I think it, I think it does set it apart, and it's got a real heart within it. Hmm. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. So is that why you love the movie so much? Well, that's one of the reasons. Mm-hmm. Also, it's it's interesting that oh, you know, and there's just, I want to go back to Marty for a second, please. Other little moments of reality that they kind of pepper in there, where he's you know watching the kids playing soccer. Mm. Uh, and yeah. just like he's literally just staring at their legs running around. Yeah. And, you know, you have that envy more than I would say sadness that yeah. he wishes he could be doing that like all the other kids. Right. Um, and then when he's riding home, walking, he's riding and the, the with that girl who's riding her bike mm-hmm. uh, and they get to her house and he looks at the the shed mm-hmm. and there's a moment where they kind of focus on the steps like she she's kind of like insinuating like like maybe he should check it out for her because oh, right. she's scared of that shed yeah. and there's stairs there and like that's what not the fear of what's inside there but it's those steps mm-hmm. that stop him and you know nah I, I gotta go you know yeah 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 I'll get stuck in the mud yeah I stuck in the mud yeah, yeah down there uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. That, that's the thing. There's it, it. It takes it takes some time to give you a little bit of extra for our main characters. Yeah, it's not just completely focused all the time on the werewolf. You have these other kind of subplots and character development that that uh, you know Stephen King does really well, mm-hmm. and he wrote the script for this. He's the one who converted it. So. Screenplay by Stephen King. Yeah. All right. So I th- I think he did a great job. Yeah. Kudos to him. Somebody should. Uh, Get in touch with that guy and do some of his other projects. He's doing, he's doing good. Yeah, is he? No, I never no. heard of what he did after this. Oh, so. Okay, don't even. <laughs> you you listed like five things you did before it. No, I cut that part out. <laughs> what? <laughs> you're you're a kingophile. You know all this stuff. That's yeah. You're a smart guy. I've read three of his books. <laughs> <I'm a king. laughs> the Shining. Um, that's a movie. That was a book. Is that right? Is that Stephen King? Yes. Uh, is, yes. is that a Stephen King book? Mm-hmm. I p- Carrie, yep. The Shining, The Running Man. Pink Cadillac. Pink Wait. Oh, Christine. <laughs> I always mix those two up. Yeah. Christine. <laughs> Christine. King. Carpenter. Christine. A lot of C's. Yeah. A lot of C's. <laughs> a lot of C's. That's C how you spell King. <laughs> a lot of cuz. <laughs> Where are we going? I don't know. We're just um, we're just rambling. I, I it's, it's I I took something. It was a caffeine pill. <laughs> it's it's jazzed me up. <laughs> Better than what you normally take at this hour. I'll tell you when the moon is full. Oh, oh. Another kind of different take that uh, this movie, uh, another different approach that this movie took was. Uh, Almost every werewolf-based movie up to this point focused around the person who is the werewolf. Mm. That's your main character. Right. The so struggle, about, the man, man's struggle and the, with the beast. Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the, the classic. Yeah, that is the classic werewolf theme, you know, man versus the, the beast within. Right. Uh, nor, you know, all, all the way through American Werewolf in London and, and dating back to the Wolfman. It's about, you know, how this, how somebody, and it's always a guy, 
always how a guy becomes a werewolf and how does he deal with that and can he get rid of it can he go back to nor quote unquote normal right um you know how does he handle the situation this is not that this is just dealing with the murders themselves and the after effect on the town mm-hmm. you know as you as you see this town progress through the story there's shots where you know they're talking about the curfew and the town is like empty the town square is like empty yeah, and and people are like packing up and leaving and what's left is this kind of mob who's trying to you know more just hunt down the wolf than try to figure out who it is i mean obviously they're they don't think it's a werewolf they think it's some kind of either murderer a murderer or, a person yeah. walking around killing people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the, it, they don't even realize it's a beast until they become victims yeah in the fog until that scene in the in the fog but this is like king's kind of thing of like supernatural things happen and everyone has to sort of re- react to it and there's almost nothing those people can do <laughs> like that's kind of what happened i mean you know people have to survive the story ends you know the but like it's just like this thing just exists and what are you gonna do with it yeah and that's it it's that's interesting to a point but it's like it's every time like he gives he gives those characters a lot always a lot to do Mm -hmm. and i guess that's an interesting perspective like you can't you can't fight the supernatural i guess you know like yeah in in his world like these are the things you know yeah the kids defeat it eventually or you know um you know, Christ, Christine asked, finally gets yeah. crushed or whatever, but like it's still like you almost can't do anything about it until yeah until something big happens. It's not like that you even think they have a fighting chance. Well, and like the shot, the Shining. What right. is it that actually has taken? You know, is it some kind of spirit? You don't really know. It's yeah. this possessed sort of hotel, I guess. That yeah, um, and there's not like. It's not like he did something bad to deserve that or yeah. whatever. I don't know. It's just sort of like, oh, geez. It's just sort of a tragic. There's always a tragedy that people end up overcoming, but a tragedy that like no one deserves, I guess. And that's what's that's what's so horrific about the world. Like yeah. bad things happen to people all the time. Well, and there's nothing you can do. Um, so adding a supernatural element to it just it doesn't really, I guess, make things that much scarier. And and they don't even get into why this person is the werewolf and you right. don't you don't even know who it is the first half of the movie yeah maybe a half. little bit deeper mm-hmm. um but they don't get into like how this person became the werewolf which is totally a totally different spin on everything that had come before because it's all about that it was all about how it happens and why did it happen and this does not even explore it yeah it just deals with that this is the situation this is happening now Mm-hmm. And you know what's next? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the wolf, like, and I, I kind of like consider like the werewolf, the vampire, the ghosts, like these supernatural elements of in general. Like, I'm not sure which ones I like the most and which I kind of don't care for. I mm-hmm. think maybe the wolf I don't care for the the most. Like, that doesn't interest me. Or you me. care for it the least. Is that what I said? Did I just say <laughs> the opposite? You don't care for it the most. I don't care for it the most. You're right. <laughs> I do care for it the least. Um, and then vampires kind of bug me. So maybe I'm just more into like ghostly spooktaculars mm-hmm. uh, kind of things like that. That's my my jam. I, I'm not interested. I 
the 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 analogy or allegory of, of the wolf man and the, you know the male aggression or ma- you know male's mm-hmm. bestial man's bestial nature and all of that it just i don't i don't i'm not into it it's mm-hmm. like it's not interesting to me like it's cool like these movies are cool that that explore it and all that and there's nothing wrong with it but it's not it doesn't like oh there's this new werewolf movie if that i'm like i don't care like I, i'm not into it that's but me. did you find at least that the because of the the char- there's a lot of character development in this. Well, for like, this movie, I like that it's not about the werewolf. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a sell- this is a selling point for me. Like, yeah, I'd rather it be about the people reacting to it. Right. And uh, so yeah, this actually works better for me than straight up like, oh no, I became a werewolf. I don't want to kill anyone. Oh, I killed someone. I guess I got to be okay with that. Yeah. Someone to stop me, but don't stop me. And I'm going to have to kill you to survive. Because where can you go? You can't. You can't kill the main character, right? If it's a if it's a, like a TV series or something, so I don't know. It's just it's the same story over and over. I yeah, wanna, I don't want to be this, and I am, right? But I can't help it. Exactly. Oh no! That's what. But that yeah, and that's what makes this. <laughs> <laughs> I did. We won't repeat that gesture. That I, did, I made did. a gesture by the end of that little <laughs> monologue. But that do, is what kind of makes this movie stand out, and it and it didn't at the time. I don't think people. Yeah. It wasn't like a huge hit or anything, yeah. uh, but over the the you know it stands the test of time yeah. that people who kind of grew up with it really learned to love it and then. Okay, I would. Uh, I'm glad I've seen this finally after your many years of haranguing and and goading me, um, but no, good time. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I like it. <laughs> That's your loving review of a movie. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. But it's what's great is those characters and the cast that sort of pull it all together. Yeah, let's it's, let's talk about them. The cast is uh an interesting group of actors, some of which would I'm just gonna say Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn right off the bat. This guy. Not even like one of the lead I mean, I guess he's a lead, but not one of the most central characters. But uh, his career, he's been around for a long time. Sure has. And he really didn't get, you know, popular until Lost. Yeah. But he'd been around for, you know, almost 20 years prior to that. Solid working actor. I mean, we talked about him in our our Young Guns episode. Of course. Which you can listen to in the archives, www.reconcinemation.com. Get there. But he has some great stuff here in the in the early and mid eighties, mm-hmm. all the way through the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stepfather, great, another great horror Stepfather? movie. Stepfather, yeah, oh, never seen that because it's a or horror. Stepfather Two. Sorry, Stepfather oh, was he in two. Stepfather Two? Yeah, what was that about? You don't want to know. Apparently, he's in a movie called The Stepfather. Mm-hmm. And also Stepfather Two. Yeah, <gasps> he plays the same character and also other characters. <laughs> <laughs> Those came out after this movie. Yeah. But they bookend Young Guns. All right, anyway. Yeah. Terry Oakland, though. Never always, forget Young Guns. He's always a joy on screen. Love him. Yeah, and he's really... I, I really buy him as this sheriff who really has no control over this situation at all. Yeah. it's He's in over his head, let me yeah. tell you. Good, like, local sheriff who probably doesn't deal with a lot of serious crimes and now suddenly you've got multiple murders happening yeah and he i always got that sense of panic from him that he's just Mm. in over his head and 
doesn't really know how to handle the situation or how to even like start to handle it. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't, you don't spend time with him in the investigation or all of that. I mean, he's just, he's sort of just sort of, uh, hurting the town through this, this thing. And, uh, but he, yeah, he's in over his head because the town's gathering at the bar and talking smack on the sheriff and mm-hmm. his deputy is the one defending him. And, you know, Bill Smitrovich is in there just causing oh, trouble. Smitty. Love this guy. Uh, Again, I think I, I said he could be Liev Shriver's uh, father. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> I never thought yeah. of. It. Well, especially because of that beard he had in the movie. And the, yeah, <laughs> which, this is like the only time he's had that. <laughs> yeah, that you know sideburns into the mustache. Is that? But, that but, I don't know what that's called. Yeah, but it's uh, he's kind of menacing as the uh, is this rabble rouser, uh, this town rabble rouser who, uh, they, they you know they're kind of they kind of. Don't take uh, him too seriously, but he's sort of grousing people up, getting them going, and then when too many murders happened, he's organizing the big party to go. Yeah, lynch mob, lynch mob, vigilante justice kind yeah. of shit, and uh, private justice, as they say. There's a ter- Terry Oakwin just goes at him. There's a term for this, private justice, mm-hmm. and they say that that phrase I think 15 times yeah. in <laughs> three minutes. It's great. They were going for t-shirts. That <laughs> yeah, didn't, didn't work out. Um, uh, he, obviously, Corey Haim. Corey Haim. One, one of, I think this is one of his best performances. He's really good. He had Corey Haim is a tragic. It's a tragic story, uh, but he did have a you know a span of about five or six years, you know, through the mid and late eighties that he yeah. just he was really great. And it's 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 sad that what happened with his career and his life and and the way it all ended up. But you 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 know you always have movies like this to go back to and you've got lost boys and lucas and uh mm-hmm. you know a license number of to drive. license to drive oh, i love that one yeah that's great uh, uh this is this is pre cory and cory uh this one is yeah yeah, yeah. like just prior to that yeah when the yeah the corys were the big thing yeah uh yeah but he's great i mean he's so you know, child actors can be hit and miss. Some of them are, you know, amazing and fantastic. And some, you know, it feels like an actor acting. They're just, mm-hmm. you know, they're young and learning the craft of it all. But yeah. uh, he feels totally, to me, he's like completely in it. Yeah, like, I think he, you be, yeah, I, I feel like I'm watching Marty. I'm not watching Courtney, Yeah, you know. I mean, I'm, he, I'm in. when he has his encounter on the bridge with with the werewolf and then is able to escape and get back home that you know shot of him just like curling up in the bed and and scared was like yeah, yeah that's like yeah you're buying it yeah no i i was I, yeah watching this for the first time uh it was a uh, like oh wow Corey Hames really selling this. this 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 actually works i mean he was playing 11 and i think he was 13 or 14 yeah he's pretty so, close you know so he was uh i mean the kids never play their real age mm-hmm. in these films or in, in these things because you need someone older to play it better than right yeah usually yeah right? but um no i don't know i just totally bought it and like you said there's the the scene where he's you know watching the kids and just sort of that you, you spend a, just a minute with him mm-hmm. with that envy and all that and like you know, the life he could be he could just be ignorant and just playing on the soccer field or but now he's he's confined in the chair and he's like trying to solve the murder <laughs> in mm-hmm. the town like yeah there's two different worlds going on he's like the know? only one i mean 
nobody knows who's really doing these murders until mm-hmm. Marty sees the werewolf and, yeah. and, and then wounds it. And then through that wound is able to figure out through process of elimination. Yeah. It's pretty clever. Yeah. Uh, but like, he's the one that's first surmises. It could be a werewolf. I mean, he his the best thing is, I mean, the evidence I guess is there. Like his friends eviscerated uh, the other girl, which was another scene that totally, messed with my head oh sure yeah, yeah like the, his best friend brady is a like a troublemaking teen you know kind of definitely goes too far uh annoying his uh, marty's sister which creates the conflict with marty and his mm-hmm. sister great stuff but yeah brady's this little you know this little jerk of a kid and then he's just flying a kite like yeah. he's doing the most innocent thing a kid could do yeah and he's not pre- presented like a big villain or bully but he no you know, he's just a wise ass just a wise ass yeah. just causing trouble like you know pretty pretty basic stuff yeah but then he's left to flying a kite marty just gives him one last look yeah they kind of telegraph it <laughs> like uh-oh why is yeah. he looking and then um obviously they don't show anything but they the reaction is like he's been Torn apart. Yeah. They've been eviscerated. Like, they, they've got a kind of well, most of the pictures in the, the calendar slash the novelette are pretty gruesome. And, and oh. they, yeah, he's. Does the calendar like show each murder basically? Basically, yeah. 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 Some are like during the act and some are, mm-hmm. you know, about to happen. So, uh, bummer. Um, but yeah, that shot of the, was it a gazebo or something that his body's in? Yeah. Uh, that again looks exactly like the park in the town that I grew up in. Oh my so, God. Like uh, I'm never staying out when it's dark. <laughs> you thought there was werewolves everywhere. Fly, I will never fly a kite again, <laughs> but you got Terry O'Quinn, you know, that walk with the bloody kite. Yes. Yeah. Selling it. You he's know? praying. <laughs> like, yeah. He's just like, he's never seen anything like that. Yeah. Never will again. Yeah. Nobody can knows how to handle a situation like this. And, mm-hmm. um, well, Megan follows great. We talked about her. She's she's lovely, totally strong as uh, as Jane, and she comes a little bit more into play once Marty reveals to her that he's had this encounter yeah. in the middle of the night, um, yeah. and then she kind of he kind of gets her on his side, and she's she's really the one tracking down the werewolf, mm-hmm. and she's just at that point of giving up and and you know just disregarding what what he said when she figures out who it is oh yeah yeah it's uh yeah the big reveal of course the werewolf is the the you know the community's focal point the person that's supposed to bring peace and calm to the community it's the reverend and like the first time i saw the reverend I'm like, oh that's the wolf right <laughs> <laughs> and it, you, yeah, you called it from the beginning and i'm, I'm like because like, it's all it's always the reverend like it's always the good guy you know and i I think your argument was sort of like, yeah, I mean, this kind of that's this sort of sets up most of the movies that do it after this. You know, it's yeah. always like, oh, the, the the one you should never suspect is always the villain kind of thing. Yeah, but that uh, that kind of started here. I guess so. I don't know. But uh, uh, but, you know, speaking of, of great talent, I mean, uh, Everett McGill, Everett McGill as the reverend yeah. and the wolf. Apparently he was in the wolf suit every time. It, it was always his eyes through the wolf suit. Yeah, the wolf. So the wolf suit was always a a point of contention 
they always had something much bigger planned with the original original director Don uh, Cosarelli, who would later go on to do Phantasm. Oh, okay. Yeah, and many many other horror movies. I see, but uh, it changed uh, with Dan in the in the mix. Yeah, with uh, yeah, Cosarelli ended up conflicting with Dino De Laurentiis, who was the producer of the film, and walked off the project. And Daniel Ateus came in and uh, finished the movie and ended up getting credit for it. But a lot of those moments that we were talking about were really stuff that Don Cosarelli shot. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. Um, a lot of the kind of character work was, was his. So. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, but Everett McGill. Great. Fantastic here. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, had just... His career had really kind of just gotten started, and this is a really intense role. And he he kind of goes all in, especially on those kind of dream sequences, that nightmare sequences that he's having. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was always a picture on the back of the videotape. Oh, of the wolf? like a shot of him yeah. with everyone from his nightmare, where like everyone's reaching, at, uh, you know, everyone else is a werewolf, and they're all reaching at him. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that was another standout image for me. That was a great. I like that dream, that scene, um, just because it's. Uh, you didn't. Ex- I didn't expect it. I seeing it the first time, and yeah. like his vision of what these werewolves look like. They don't actually look like him. You know, they look very different. Uh, sort of like the, the what they're more man wolves, you know, or yeah. something like that. They don't have like the sort of the dog face that he kind of has, or all that. So they're more terrifying in a sense. They're more like hybrids. Um, well, he looks more like a black bear. <laughs> yeah, you I know? guess he is kind of like a bear. Yeah. Because his head's so gigantic. Yeah. This gigantic mask. And he is like a little less. He's not really a buff. Like no, buff. he's the in body shape. Su- but... The bodysuit isn't like bigger mm-hmm. like, you, like you'd like sort of expect. Um, but he's, you know, he's tall. He's big. Gary Busey almost took him out. I mean, they were fighting. Yeah, that, was a, nice that fight. was a fight. That was going. It was a fight And the, cli- the climax was huge. And then, of course, you know, we all know Everett McGill from later on in his career with, uh, with Twin, Peaks. Twin Peaks. Not that much further, I Big guess. Big Ed. Yeah. yeah. Big Ed. Yeah, only a few years later. And that's, yeah. I think that's really all I knew him from, to be well, honest. Well, he, he quit acting not long after that. He, he did a few. He did The People Under the Stairs. And, of course, your favorite movie, Under Siege 2, Dark Territory. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dark Territory. Right. Don't Dark. confuse it with any other kind of territory. <laughs> there's there's so many different kinds of territory, <laughs> and then, but this one's dark, and that drove him to quit the business. He's like, uh, uh-uh, done. Uh, and he, I think he got into farming in somewhere in very remote location, and just had a home phone number and no cell phone. And David Lynch was able to track him down. He found him. He just kept calling till somebody answered that phone, and. <laughs> Finally convinced Everett Miguel to come back for the you know newer Twin Peaks. Yeah, which I think he was only in a couple episodes and not wasn't really. everybody only in like a couple of scenes. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Bull roar. It wasn't. It wasn't your daddy's Twin Peaks. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was. It was a thing. It was something <laughs> that was on. Should we do a separate podcast where we go through? I don't know. Every ten minutes of of Twin Peaks, ten minutes at a time. Of the new Twin Peaks? Or? Sure, yeah. 
I think that'd be amazing. <laughs> There'd be whole sequences where there wouldn't be any dialogue yeah. to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, what are we watching? What, here? what, what is this? But uh, but, but yeah. Ever McGill, big fan. Um, yeah, always, always loved him. Starting with this movie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we we definitely, in case he ever comes to the law, we already have a spot with his name on it. Yeah, it's just we we, we do that on the law. The memorial lot. Everett McGill parking spot. Yeah, he's but, alive. He's alive. I don't he know is. Why we memorial? No, we're memorializing his uh, work. Okay. We're, yeah. yeah. You good? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Always got to have that parking spot for him. Yeah. So if he ever comes by, no one is allowed to park there. Not only that, I have a guard posted there, <laughs> hiding, but posted <laughs> in a bush near there. You had to find a guy with strong thighs. He's always crouching. <laughs> we don't even give him a chair. I need a phone call any if ever Miguel ever does pull in there. <laughs> yeah, like he's here. Oh my gosh! It's funny because these are the guys that I geek out over. Mm-hmm. The character actors. Yeah. Like, I would freak out if I met Terry O'Quinn or B- Bill oh, Smithridge. Oh, Bill Smithridge. Yeah. yeah. Terry, Terry O'Quinn, I, yeah, I'd lose it. I I, I knew he was a I, – I sort of was familiar with him, but then he was in Alias Season 2. And yeah. He was great. Well, he was, <laughs> he was in him. so many – he was one of those yeah. guys that he was in, like, everything yeah. for – in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and then he gets that sort of that big boost in the 2000s and just – yeah. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, he's more king. success in one season of Lost financially, you know, than than probably everything before that. That's cool. That's Except right. Except maybe you know the the uh, residuals from Silver Bullet. You know those keep pouring in. Pouring. I mean, I rented it on a streaming service. He's gonna get some change for that. Yeah, he's gonna get like three cents. He's gonna feel good about that. <laughs> um, but oh, isn't uh, our old We're favorite? Fam- yeah. Uh, Lawrence Tierney's in this movie. Lawrence Tierney, who we talked about on our Reservoir Dogs episode a few weeks back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with the Peacemaker. Peacemaker. That baseball bat. <laughs> baseball bat with that uh, burned into it. That's yeah. Cute little joke. I like it. <laughs> but uh, that's how he settles things in the bar. Mm-hmm. You know? He's going to make peace. Yeah. But uh, just that threatening old man. I love yeah. it. Like, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> to see him yeah and then he you know met a tragic end in this movie yeah and don't uh, spoil it now I, def- I just did we spoiled everything else so it's okay uh and then let's not forget gary Busey, of course well yeah almost the star yeah I he know, well, I know he, you're saying i mean he's just it's gary Busey. he's so. top build on the on the poster yeah you you're most people went to see gary Busey in yeah a, in a family horror movie <laughs> 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 but Uncle Red's such a great character because he's so like many people have that you know favorite the cool uncle yeah you know who gives you what you want and the gifts that your parents didn't want you know him to get you and yeah or didn't want you to have like he'll give it to you on the side yeah. you know well like that's the thing the cool uncle it's like it's the it's a different adult who who looks at you know when you're a kid it's like this is an adult but he's look that adult's looking at me differently than. My parents, my teachers, whoever, like everyone else is an authority. The uncle doesn't boss you around or, you know, mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, it's just sort of like they're not, they have nothing to do with your, like raising you properly, but they, so they can sort of be themselves the most and they let you be yourself the most. Well, yeah. And they treat you with respect. Yeah. You know, he treats Marty like, like an adult, you know, he doesn't treat him like a kid, much less a, you know, kid with a handicap. Yeah. In a wheelchair. Yeah, for the most part. 
Uh, I think so. I mean, like the thing. I mean, is, that's part of what they deal with, but he doesn't treat him any less because of it. Oh no, of course not. Yeah, no, he's. It's it, yeah. It doesn't matter what Marty's whole situation is like, but you know, Red has reasons, his own reasons to not not believe him. Like you know, he's. It's a wild story. It's fantastic. It's impossible. You sound so. You sound so crazy. Well, who would? Yeah, I mean, who would believe them? Right. But he trusts his nephew, mm-hmm. so. I think he always kind of knows that his nephew isn't a liar. Yeah, yeah. Like, why we? How would? Why would he come up with this crazy stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, it, like, with Red and Marty kind of going back and forth about him believing them and not believing him, and the conflict of that, and then that's what's funny about the climax. Like, yeah, they stayed up, assuming the wolf's gonna come get them. Yeah, he doesn't show up, and he's like, "Yes, this is whole thing's." is bs ah like you know it's just oh he's going back to the whole thing and then suddenly he's attacked yeah like and his his like jump scare face (laughs) so good uh but yeah i mean he yeah he takes the he takes the bullet out of the gun at the worst possible moment (laughs) yeah like how convenient like as though the bullet's the central thing yeah it works in a story a story uh, aspect. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, it's just of convenience to up the tension. Right. Good stuff. Uh, but he was a... They, Gary Busey was the only actor they let improv almost all of his lines, and you can see it. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, I could see that. There's those moments like where they're having the uh, family dinner, I think, around 4th of July, before he oh, gives yeah. him the silver bullet, uh-huh. the new silver bullet, Yeah, where they're all kind of having like a barbecue together. Yeah. Like, there's dialogue there that you can feel like that's just him riffing on it. Yeah, because they're all, like, sort of laughing, like, just following along with him. Yeah. Like, and, yeah, and then it's like, all right, now I got to go. Like, And he, he, like, goes for the handshake with Corey Haim, and Corey, Corey Haim doesn't see it, and there's, like, a, a uh, moment. Uh, like, <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, you want Busey to go nuts and, yeah. like, just have fun with it. He knows how to... I think it's much better. I think the character feels so much more real just letting him do that. And yeah. It, yeah, because you, you can't really write him that well. Like it, It's such a different voice of the in the whole movie, you know, I think. So giving Busey that, that long leash. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's such a better character. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really like their relationship, too. You know, he, he definitely gives this kid a... <laughs> A gift that is way too much. Yeah, the it's a basically a a motor. It's a moped. Yeah, just and it's it's ridiculous. They had Corey Haim drive this thing a couple of times. I mean, there's a stunt guy in it in the the longer in the wider shots, but zooming down the street, doing popping wheelies on this thing, no helmet. Like, oh my god, I don't think they could do that today. And (laughs) let me just say some great music by Jay Chataway. Oh sure, little little song called. Joyride, <laughs> yeah, uh, it really pumps you up. I think we all wanted to be Marty in those moments. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, but and of course, it's a plot device. It's yeah, you course. know because Uncle Red gives him. So these murders are happening, and they've canceled the Fourth of July fireworks. They they the towns put a curfew in. Yeah, you know, no longer has their town sheriff. Mm-hmm. So things are out of control. And so right at, right at this moment, Uncle Red not only gives Marty a major upgrade on his wheelchair, his motorized wheelchair, mm-hmm. now like a motorcycle, essentially, yeah. 
and uh, but he gives him a whole ton of fireworks. Yeah, to go set off at night. You know. Yeah, by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he says it's like this is for the this is for the good guys. You yeah. Know? So I think, and I was wondering, like, why would Marty just? I mean, all these people have been killed now in the dark. Why? Why would he go out by himself and do it? But I think he, 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 Red sort of just eased him into thinking like he's sort of safe. Like he's got the fireworks. You know, and he's not thinking about it consciously, but it's just sort of like he's got the motorcycle. He's he's got the fireworks. That's for the good guys. You know, like yeah. nothing bad can is going to happen. Yeah, so and he's so excited about the fireworks. I mean, he was like really looking forward to the Fourth of July. Yeah. Well, you keep saying I, honestly, it's funny you're saying that because that's why I kept saying. But rewatching it again, it's actually a gala event oh, yeah, that was right. happening October first. October, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't Fourth of July. You're right. But yeah, like, yeah. but like he says, but even Red says that he's like, you could have Fourth of July in September or whatever. So yeah, but yeah, it's you know the big disappointment. I think, I think Marty says it like not only did he kill Brady, but then this guy killed Brady, and then he got the carnival canceled. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, nothing's working for Marty. His yeah. best friend's murdered. And now he can't see fireworks, <laughs> which is like every kid's dream. Yeah. And then fireworks. And then not only does he go get on the silver bullet, but he goes far. Like, <laughs> yeah. he goes for a drive. <laughs> yeah. Far away Miles from Miles away. Yeah. On that bridge. And, you know, it's like that bridge reminds me. I mean, it doesn't look exactly like it, but it just the first thing I thought of was Ichabod Crane. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Headless Horseman. I don't want to talk about oh. that. This is the wrong time oh. of year to talk about that. It's the it's the perfect time of year. <laughs> well, we'll do it at Christmas then. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk some. Yeah, it's some much less stuff. scary then. <laughs> exactly, because Santa could show up. So Santa will protect us all. Um. Yeah. I I want to white fireworks on a bridge by myself in the middle of the night. Just have a blast. I don't want some far, crummy wolf far away from people. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. And specifically when there's some kind of murderer on the loose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he sneaks out in the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> he climbs out his own window, and uh, silver bullets waiting for him. So, which means he had to put the silver bullet there, and then I guess climb up to his room at like in the middle of the day. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it, I mean, obviously, or maybe who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think it's just how the movie was made. Also, when Marty get, goes, when his mom puts him on the chair and he basically travels up off screen, we don't see what happens to him. That, that, like, she ha- he has a wheelchair on the first floor, but is there, I guess, a chair waiting for him up there? Probably. Must I mean, be, right? Yeah, there must be. Right, because you wouldn't carry the chair It's not like chair that's up. just going to dump him on the floor. <laughs> Something, like it just it <laughs> arrives and then pushes forward. He can't actually sit. <laughs> just dump him. <laughs> and then it... <laughs> I don't know. No, we don't know what happens. Yeah. But you think like they start their argument about Marty seconds after he's off screen. She's like he's still like 10 feet away. Yeah. Up the stairs. <laughs> and it's uh, it's totally, you know, th- this is totally different than in the no- novelette because they, you know, they try to protect Marty from this killer and they actually send him away from the town and kind of eject Marty from the story. In the novelette. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. So once he has this encounter where he wounds the wounds the werewolf by shooting it in the face with his last firecracker, mm. uh, they just get rid of him. <laughs> Is it because he's the most vulnerable? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, they think that the killer would 
strike back. Right. Oh, you yeah. Know, so yeah, revenge. They, yeah. That makes sense. And in the, would, again, in the novelette, like he is wandering outside of Tarker's mills to kill people. In the novelette. In the yeah. novelette, yeah, he's stalking the town. Yeah, as the werewolf. Yeah, but he's even going beyond the town. Okay, he's going it. into like neighboring towns. I see. And there's one particular the character who is that little girl's father who gets killed in the shed. Oh yeah. In the novelette, like he's in a abusive husband and father and is having an affair at a hotel like a few towns over ah. and the werewolf like busts into his hotel room and the werewolf serves his own private justice yeah exactly wow what do you think in this version of a werewolf do you think it is like knows what it's doing like he's consciously doing these things does he remember what's happening while he's a werewolf uh, I think for all the time we've seen it, I guess I, you can't tell. There's nothing explicit. I would assume he is aware of it the entire time, and is he's not he's not happy about it. I think the dream just sort of said. You can make the argument that the dream wakes him up, and t- and he sh- he's shown like who he really is, um, or it can just be like his anxiety over being the wolf mm-hmm. and not being able to stop it finally just comes to a head. And he basically has to, he just kind of uh, dives right in, steers into the, the whole thing. Yeah. So I, I'm thinking like, yeah, for the duration of the movie, he's probably aware the entire time. Yeah, sort of maybe in denial of it, though. Yeah, maybe. Like, you know, this is that bad thing that's happening, and it's, but maybe it's not really that. I mean, it's not, it's not his fault. Yeah. But, you know, so he's just trying to be a comfort. Like, I don't... Uh, you think he justifies it to himself? Yeah, probably. Because yeah. like, if you had an uncontrollable part of you that was a murderer, you'd still like you don't want to feel like you're the one responsible, right? right? Like, if you, a monster takes over your body and you're killing people, I don't know. You don't want you think like, well, you could, you want to feel like you have some semblance of control. Otherwise, yeah. And he he has control when he's a human, sort of, or. But then it's like, well, no, he actually is the wolf. Because then, well, as, as a human, further, you know, presumably, the further away from the full moon, the more you know, the more human he is. Right, right. Uh, so, and but then it's the they even the the kids theorize like the more he does it, he's becoming more wolf like or something like right. he can, doesn't need the full moon. He can just turn. So it's almost like the more he's a wolf, he becomes more of a wolf or yeah. something. I don't know. Because it doesn't, they don't make it clear that like this is happening once a month or you know. Every no, they're month. not. It's yeah, it's unclear. The timeline's a little, little bit vague. The narration does say that it was like right toward the end of school when the first murder happens. Right. So like, the, the, technically, everything happens over the course of a few months. Yeah. Because I think like, yeah, it's like Ru- four or five months. Red's first visit is a visit, and then he's probably he's gone for he's gone for a while, and then comes back. But they're not they're not really telegraphing the the time frame. Yeah. Um, yeah, but those first murders, you know, he—it's like the the first one is the town drunk, played by the great James Gammon mm-hmm. from so many movies, Major League, Wider, tons of other stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the second movie is a a woman who's been who's having an affair with a married man and is now pregnant mm-hmm. and in wedlock and and you know does he consciously select her 
yeah. for her sins. Yeah, does he know as the wolf like what's happening? Yeah, his sins and that she was going to take his own life, and is his belief as a, uh, a you know a man of God like that suicide is is punishable in hell? Yeah, D- does it sort of like abs- that motivate the wolf in the same way? Like, well, you got to kill somebody, kill someone that you can save her soul, right? Kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of an interesting little way to yeah. put, put, put it together. A little bit more depth. And then, you know, what's his face? The first kill, like, you know, he's the town drunk. So clearly he is, he should, he is deserved of all scorn <laughs> and he is useless. Uh, so, you know, it's not that bad of a murder kind of yeah. thing, probably, you know, because it's, yeah, the, you know, when Red is sort of, a, is being labeled as a drunk by Marty's mom and, and, uh, um, Jane, it is sort of this like thing of derision, you know. Like he's a drunk. He's you know, there's no there's no sympathy for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, but that obviously it's of the time and doesn't you know. Uh, we would look at someone like that differently, I think. Uh, today, uh, if he's not like an abusive drunk or something, yeah, just drunk. You know, that's all. You know, drinking, smoking, gambling—it's all sinful. You're a bad you're a bad person if yeah. you uh, engage in these vices. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, I wonder if he thinks it's you know, he is him him as the wolf is like an act of God. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean Or he you, could convince himself of that. I guess you could do a whole story on a priest who becomes a wolf. Prequel. Prequel. Huh, reboot. Oh yeah. You gotta reboot it. Gotta. Yeah. Gotta get Reverend Lowe in a reboot. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. It's it's a fun werewolf story. Yeah. Again, a lot of swearing. That's fun. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of a lot of words. A lot of. Do you remember some of them? Uh, a lot of words. Yeah, swear words. Um, God damn it, that's fun. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Like she, like Jane's, you're, like you're my, blowing my mind. Jane, Jane, cursing to herself, like, oh, he's a little asshole. Yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't have listened to that little asshole. Like, oh my gosh, someone <laughs> says, someone says, f you or or just fuck or I don't remember. I think there's an exclamation. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I bleeped the first one, f you. <laughs> but uh, god damn, yeah, god damn, I'm just gonna go back to that one. Good yeah. one. <laughs> Uh, so let's um, let's talk a little bo. Let's talk a little box office. Box office, yeah. sure, yeah. 1985's box office. Yeah, we've been in this year before. We have, and if you dig in our archives, mm-hmm. it was the Return of the Living Dead episode, which yeah. was one year ago. Yeah, last Halloween, back in the spooky times. Halloween month, the spooky times. I don't like to think about it. That was a bad month for me. It's very <laughs> scary. Um, but yeah, this movie is, uh, do you think this was a big one? Did this make a ton of money? You think? I what do you don't think? think it did. Are you predicting low numbers? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Where would you put Say it? like 11 million opening weekend. 11 million opening weekend? Mm-hmm. Let's see. 4 million opening Whoa, weekend. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. What do you think? It, well, where did it fall? Where did it? Well, October, almost October 11th, October 11th. It's going up against Remo Williams. Oh. The Adventure Begins. Oh, my. And ended. Same week. <laughs> I love Remo Williams. Yeah. Is we that will top? be discussing it here on this show. Okay. I've never heard of it. Fred Ward's great. 
I like Fred, Fred Ward. Ward is a, is a good actor, and that was his his action vehicle that just didn't pan out. Oh, bummer. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, but it's an interesting look back. Hmm. Um, you know, the week before, you know, Commando just came out. Oh. So you know there's oh. there's going to be there's going to be Commando dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. On that second weekend, I'm sure. But um yeah, no, it ended up uh 69th for the year. Ooh. That's low. That's pretty deep. What was so, it? Let's see. What was it in between here? Well, it had that it made about 12 million in change. And so it, it was uh, it was sandwiched by compromising positions hmm. and enemy mine. Oh. And then followed by Life Force Return Return to Oz. Oh, Return to so Oz. So there you go. Return of the Jedi reissue made a lot yep. of money that year. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of movies that year. Yeah. 1985 was a huge year for movies. I think we've said that. Yeah. We said that so many times, I but mean, it really was. Teen Wolf opened in the summer. You know that ended up twenty sixth of the year. Little uh, movie called Back to the Future, which we we were mentioning. Number one. Number one biggest movie of the year, made all the cash. Now where does let's see where does where does uh, Silver Bullet rank uh, box office wise in werewolf movies? Oh, I don't know. There's, there's so many werewolf movies. Well, most of them are Twilight and Underworld movies. So, well, that's you know, that's just. Uh, well, it's it's coming in right behind The Howling at number eighteen. Oh, I think this is a much better movie than The Howling. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think The Howling holds up as well. Hmm. I don't know if I've seen The Howling because again, I'm not watching this. Yeah. Is anyone we'll do one werewolf movie a year? Oh, what? And you'll catch That's them all. That's too soon. many. Too many. Once every three years is fine with me. Come on. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, but it's obviously a cult hit that people seem to enjoy. I'm sure more kids saw it than needed to just because it's sort of kids that the main guy. I can tell you a couple character. of kids who almost certainly saw it and loved it is the Duffer Brothers. Oh, there's I, there's so much mm. silver bullet in Stranger Things to me. Oh. anything specific in there? Well, I mean, part of it is you know referencing the time period as well, but yeah, the um, there's music cues. There's uh, mm. you know the font is the same. Oh yeah, yeah. Or very very similar. Very close. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's just a tone that. I think is you know present in this movie that the Duffer Brothers were really able to kind of hone in on for yeah. Stranger Things that you know small town yeah uh, everyone's close everyone knows each other mm-hmm. uh, but this dark darkness is out there mm-hmm. especially the first season I felt like really captured the tone of this movie yeah and kind of blew it up mm-hmm. well in this movie too much like the third season uh, there's always just like. A, uh, a cut to a monster screaming and then to a blackout <laughs> like every 10 minutes <laughs> and a lot of russian people yeah yeah, <laughs> so, yeah all over this film so <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it ranks in the how uh stephen king movies do do you think it i would say it doesn't crack the top 10 i'm gonna say not. 14 14 low go lower 23 lower Lower than that? Yeah. 31. A little lower. 35. A little higher. 33. 
A little lower. 34. <laughs> yeah, between cat, Cat's Eye and Graveyard Shift. Oh, Cat's Eye, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, Pet Cemetery only made $17 million? Wow. Really? I remember that being a hit. Christine only made twenty. Well, $21 million. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, yeah, no, that's it. That's, that's all. That's it, baby. <laughs> that's it, baby. That's it, baby. Um, but boy, yeah, there's a lot of Stephen King projects. Boy. Yeah. Well, he's been around a long time, and yeah. he made a creep show, and mm-hmm. uh, and now creep shows back on the Chiller channel. Oh, the Chiller Network. Yeah. Okay, that's a streaming channel. I believe that... so. Yeah. That's cool. Do you subscribe to that? No, not yet. Not yet, but I should. Oh gosh. You don't have time for all these horror movies. And I love how I love in the King universe all these all his stories are connected. They're all in like neighboring towns or if not the same town. Mm-hmm. Like Derry is close to Tarker's Mills and in, in that world. Is that true? Oh yeah, yeah. So Tarker's most... Mills is like a Maine is in the state of Maine. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah, of course. Uh it, you watch that show Castle Rock. I have, yes. Is there any silver bullet references? No, there's no. I mean, they they mention a handful of of King projects and how they're kind of tied together. Mm-hmm. Silver bullet is not one of them. I see. Unfortunately, well, what about in season two? We're gonna find out. All right, that'd be great. <laughs> what if we meet Marty in Castle? Oh Rock? my God! Yes, <laughs> yes. A, you need. We need another Marty Coswell appearance, or Uncle Red even. Uncle Red. Yeah. Oh, bring Busey back, season three. Yeah, Uncle Red is—he's the he, now he's the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> he's the town sheriff. Um, uh, but yeah, I I still love this movie. I love it. My my love for it has never really dropped at all. Yeah, I think it's a good, strong story. Um, it's got good horror elements. It's got yeah. good, uh, like an emotional plot that you can kind of buy. Yeah. That's true. It it it's effective. Yeah, it's effective. Yeah, it works. It hits. It 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 does it by the book. <laughs> it it's textbook. It's textbook filmmaking. It is. I mean, it's good. It's good. You yeah. know, the the you're moving through that plot, and it's all kind of coming together and yeah. working. Um, and having said all that, it's fine. <laughs> there it is. It's this is fine. Five stars. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know when I'd ever see this again. Well, yeah, and it's you not, know, you know the horror films aren't your uh, bag. Nope. Necessarily. You know, you're looking for fast. I mean, this and is curious. not a scary movie. Like I'm not. This Look, isn't. This isn't like a horror movie, a slasher movie. Thing guys, for me. we like, we got together re- recently to watch a movie, and what did what did David force us to watch? The Spy Who Dumped Me. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> it's really good. I don't know where you've been, but I, you know, if if you're in the mood for a good Stephen King movie and a good yeah. uh, kind of old school horror movie i would absolutely recommend this one so you know go to your local video store tonight it's not too late yeah get there yeah see if video tech's open yeah check it out and you're going to enjoy it yeah you got Corey Haim, gary Busey, everett mcgill Mm -hmm. smitty smitrovich they're all here they're all here (laughs) all your favorites (laughs) all your favorites from the 80s and 90s and today uh but uh, I try to watch this once a year. I love it. Once a year? Once every six months. Oh, my God. I love that right, you love it. Once a week. <laughs> I love that you love it. 
Now, as I look uh, as I look outside here, I see the moon is full. Oh, the big digital moon you had installed because it's all <laughs> the the dark cloud cover black thing that you put over the lot. Yeah, you know, and you you have to recreate the 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 darkness and the light. And I'm gonna be. It's gonna be hard for me to get back to my uh, my car. Got to take the golf cart over to my vehicle. Yeah. You that, know what? I'll just take. I'll just gas up the jet on the roof and yeah. uh, take it. The out. jet. Yeah. The the, the big that, building. The jet that takes off vertically, like in yeah, in like in military. Cobra. In Cobra. Yeah. yeah. From GI Joe. From GI Joe goes up, and then you can go. Yeah, yeah. You just take that home. Just I'll just do that. Yeah. yeah. Why, why? Why deal bother? with the three or four werewolves that are on the lot. It's hard somewhere. for you. It's hard. <laughs> and you just stay here in the office. So, uh, well, I, I leave sometimes I get my armored car. I get in my armored car. If I feel I got to run to seven 11, you know, get yeah. like a cheese stick and a, and a, one of those energy a drinks. Slurpee. Oh, a Slurpee yeah. too. I haven't had a Slurpee in forever. I mean, I'm definitely going to go get one tonight. <laughs> I hope I don't get eaten by a werewolf. I hope not. I won't, because werewolves aren't real, and they're not scary. Well, we're not boring. done. There's more werewolf <laughs> shows down the road. Oh. <laughs> Let's do it. Maybe next year. So. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe maybe tomorrow. Uh, but but yeah. check your favorite podcast. That Maybe there'll be another episode tomorrow. Yeah. On and, werewolves. And, and speaking of that, check out our social media mm-hmm. on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. Reconsidimation Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a five-star review and and uh, give us a rating and tweet at us. You literally. Know, check, check in with us. Literally do that. Like, literally do that. Don't, yeah. Like, you, we need your help. Yeah. We need your help. <laughs> and if there's anything you want to hear us cover, feel free. You can always tweet at us and uh, or send us a message, and, and we will take that under advisement. Yeah, hit us up. We love hearing from our friends. You're uh, all our friends. Yeah. All of you. By uh, the way, can we borrow some money? <laughs> <laughs> I said you're my friend. <laughs> all right. Well, I, th- I think it's about that time. I think everyone's got to go uh, run to the video store and get Silver Bullet checked out. Mm-hmm. So be the first one to do that. Mm-hmm. And everyone else just won't be able to get it. Yeah. yeah. Until you return it. Mm-hmm. Rewound. I always rewind. Yeah. Be nice. Rewind. Is that the phrase? Rewind, rewatch, reconsider. That's our catchphrase <laughs> that we never say. <laughs> <laughs> I have a thing that's on our logo. <laughs> yeah. Uh Stay tuned. The rest of this month, we've got some great horror films yeah. lined up. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Yes, theme appropriate. No matter what David says, it's gonna be a good time. I'm... It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and but... with that. Take it away, Jay Chataway. Begin.
Bye now.